Welcome to the Product Power Podcast. What do you think of that one, Steve? Is that one pretty good? Cheesy, but good. It's fantastic. I think people are, all right, we're sticking with it, dude. Well, yeah, in this episode today, we are going to be going over delivering customer satisfaction um, by providing an awesome return experience. Uh, I'm Emerson Hammer. I'm your host, and I'm here with my best friend, Russell Steed, hosting this podcast with me today. Uh, we're really excited to talk to you guys, dig more deeper into uh, the returns process and how to just provide that that awesome experience for your customers to really take your brand to the next level um, and really give your customers that that awesome experience that they deserve and that they're looking for. Yeah, I think to to kick things off, let's talk a little bit about like why it's important to have a return policy. What like what do returns do for you? Because a lot of times it's seen as like the negative part of of uh, having a business, right? It's it's uh, kind of the sucky part where you have to give money back to customers, right? Because it's whatever reason, you know, whether it was the wrong size, they didn't like the product, you know, it was broken, um, you arrived damaged, you know, it could be a whole matter of uh, lots of different things. But and uh, this is something I feel like yeah. a lot of people though at the same time, sorry, Russ, I think it's something they don't talk a lot about. When you get in a group of entrepreneurs or in business, everyone's always talking about the sexy part of business where it's like, we hit our revenue goals. We we sold X amount or whatever it was, um, which is awesome. But looking at your total business as a whole, and no one's like, "Oh, our return policy. We dropped one percent this month," or that's not like <laughs> I've a KPI. Never heard that before. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Uh, but yeah, I mean, me as I I do a lot on the the op side. That's something. That's a metric we look at, and we say, "Hey, how can we how can we improve on this?" Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited for today's episodes. We're going to dive into like those those key points um, of. I think the non-sexy part of business is super sexy. And this is one of those things that I think doesn't get that attention that, yeah. that, that it deserves really. And Emerson's just, just, he's the boring guy, you know, he loves uh, spreadsheets. He, you know, it's, it's just the way he is. Yeah, it's yeah. He gets excited about return rates. Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's me. <laughs> that's, that's Emerson, but no, it's totally true. You know, you'll see on most podcasts or, you know, a lot of different, um, business people will talk a lot about the marketing side because that's kind of the exciting the sexy part but it's really um it's half the battle right i mean the, you could argue that but um it's, it's only part of the business you always you have to have a good operation you have to have the marketing everything works together and this is a definite um especially for e-commerce businesses this is a huge huge piece of the puzzle so why why have a good return policy? What what do returns do for you? So, um, just some statistics that we pulled from uh, Invest. How do you say that? Invest P. Invest. P? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, I, it's... I've never had to say it out loud. I just look at the website. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think it's Invest Core or something like that is the anyway, full name. Um, these guys are they awesome. Have... They they put together a ton of like awesome data. Um, we'll link the what we're referring to in the show notes so you guys can check it out as well. But they they put together a bunch of stuff and. Um, kind of came out that 67% of customers check the return policy before they check out. And I have personal experience with this recently. It was about two weeks ago. We're going into you know Black Friday. We're going into the holidays. And so my wife and I, we were looking for uh, presents for our kids. I've got two little boys. And when we, we found something that we were looking for and it wasn't something that we could get on Amazon. It wasn't sold there. So we had to find two different, or we found two different shop. I think they were Shopify stores, but two e-commerce brands that, that had a similar product. Um, and, uh, we looked at them both and we're like, you know what, one's slightly cheaper. One's a little bit more expensive. Like do we go with the cheaper one? And then we started looking at the, uh, the return policy. Like the first thing I went to was like, let's look at the return policy, see how it goes. Um, and then look at reviews. We did, we did a few things there, but the first thing we looked at was the return policy. And it turns out 
one of them had a, like a really vague return policy one that like i really didn't understand and some of the reviews kind of mirrored the fact that like we the return policy sucks um and then we looked at there was one that had a more clear return policy it turns out the one that had the return policy that was clear was the more expensive one and that's the one we purchased that's the one we went with we, we felt more comfortable paying an extra 20 bucks for this product um because we knew like if there was an issue we would be taken care of there was no guarantee on the other side so you know it's it's worth that little little extra so personal personal plug there totally you know return policies do affect customers and conversion up front what well, also so, shows if a yeah. brand has a thoughtful return policy it shows they've thought through the whole process so it gives that like assurance Definitely. to a customer like oh they didn't think just about the purchase up front they know they're going to handle anything that happens after the, the the post purchase experience so i think that just gives that consumer the confidence to trust um in that brand especially when it sounds like you're a bougie dad buying your kids some some expensive products over there huh steve <laughs> Get ready for i didn't say a how good much Christmas. it was but... <laughs> it sounded like it's a nice present expensive. <laughs> um but yes yeah, so i think that that definitely gives the customer um uh, that assurance that you thought through the process. If you have a nicely worded, crafted, um, thought out clear. return policy, yeah, that's gonna help the customer a lot. Just get that trust and confidence in the brand. Yeah, and it kind of comes down to like, you know, within the e-commerce realm, 30% of online orders are returned. And, and that's kind of like a, a generalization, obviously. I mean, every industry is gonna be a little bit different. Like the apparel, that's gonna be a little bit higher um, on the high side, you know, with um, maybe, um, with other brands that we've worked with, you know, whether it be travel gear or bags or that kind of thing, like it's probably closer to 10%. Um, so it can be a wide variety, a wide range of, uh, of the return rate, but in the end, like there's no question there are returns and, uh, and it's, it's going to be an integral part of your business, whether you've already experienced it or if you're building a business right now and you're, you're going to experience it for sure. And, um, according to, um, what is his name? Webb Smith. He's the founder of 2PM. He actually, his, according to him, like return rates are growing and which is true. I mean, that's, that's, that's a statistic return rates are going up with e-commerce, um, e-commerce brands as, as more companies, and get online but um he's also saying that it's they're going to continue to go up and it's going to become an even more integral part of your business and so something to don't overlook it don't make it a bad experience and we're going to get into that in just a minute like make it a good experience for your customers um and then the last statistic i wanted to hit was that 92 percent of consumers will buy something again if the return process is easy so i'm going to repeat that again 92 percent of customers even though they purchased a product and they returned it if they had a good experience and it didn't suck they're going to buy from you again. You know, they're way more willing. They still had a good brand experience. So take care of your customers. Even if they're returning it, the only product that they've purchased from you still could be a revenue driver for the future and, you know, help bring those customers back. Yeah. This is how Russell hit all those key points. It's so important to understand the industry average, these numbers, these data points. Um, I do geek out on spreadsheets. I think it's so fun to just dive into a spreadsheet. Um, and on that is like, know what the customer is expecting, but also you have to know your cost on the returns, um, process. Um, obviously returns are costly. Um, all of that, that transportation that gets involved in a returns process, you have to understand your, your, the full picture of your business to understand what level of, uh, of, uh, returns policy you can provide to your customers. So you need to know, depending on the size of your product, the, the expense of your product, um, how much is that going to cost in the shipping to return that product back to your warehouse? 
if you're shipping a, a big box you or maybe a furniture company um you have big items shipping like um exercise gear equipment i'm not sure that's going to be a whole different return strategy and return policy than someone that's shipping i don't know something like these blue light glasses or something like that something small um can go in a little um a, a simple shipping envelope or something like that so understand your cost and what makes sense for your brand on that also make sure you look at the whole entire reverse logistics of your of your uh, returns policy what are your costs associated for just the shipping if you're using a 3PL or you're using your own warehouse, what's your cost to receive that item back into the warehouse and put back into stock? If there's any refurbishment that needs to go onto your product, so use the example these blue light glasses. If they, uh, if you have to put it back in packaging, maybe it came back and it's in great condition, but you got to put another hang tag on it. You maybe have to put it in a box. Understand that full cost uh, for your returns and make sure your policy policy uh, reflects that. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. So just kind of look at a whole analysis of what your your cost to return that product is uh, so you can offer that level of returns experience to your customer. Um, on a separate note, um, Russell, we're both wearing the same gray shirt, I think. So kind of fun. Didn't even plan it. <laughs> I didn't even realize that. <laughs> I don't know. Well, again, we have to now wear the same color shirts every time. <laughs> um, just to basically take that one step further, um, you know, knowing the cost of your returns, but then also knowing like, what are the KPIs around your returns program? You know, what is your current return rate? Like, you know, this isn't something to just kind of like hide in the back and kind of ignore. Yeah, we do returns, but we don't know anything around it. So what is our current return rate? Um, and then set a goal based off of like, do we want to re reduce returns or do we want to keep them stagnant? Do we want to keep them at this? Spot? And it's actually a really get great indicator of, you know, if you see a spike in returns, then it's like, hey, what happened? You know, was it that we just launched a new product? Did we update our website? Did we, you know, what are we, what, what have we recently done that has caused this spike of returns? And a lot of times it'll be, you know, maybe your factory just had a bad run and you didn't catch it in your QC and it got out to customers and dang, you know, like we're getting a, a lot of returns on these products because, you know, there's tears, there's rips, there's, you know, maybe functionality that, that's not working. And so this can be an early, a, a very quick way to catch like, you know, things, things that are going wrong, either within your site, supply chain, within your product or within your marketing. Um, and then, you know, you gather that data within the return, uh, the return funnel that, that gives you insight into what is going on. So for example, um, for, for quite a few brands that I, I've, you know, I've talked to and that I've um, helped implement their return policies and stuff with, uh, we, we ask questions, right? You want to be able to ask questions as to why the person's returning the product. You're not asking questions to be able to limit their returns. Like, Hey, why are you returning this product? And you better answer right. Or else you're not going to be able to return it. Like hmm. customers hate that. You, they, they want to no questions asked policy, but, I mean, let's ask a few questions, right? But and then not make that contingent on being able to return it. So um, just based off of the data, the top reasons consumers return products are that, um, so I guess 20% received damaged products. So that's going into the issue of either you're, you're sending out product that's been used or you're sending out product that your factory maybe just didn't make right. Um, 22% is actually a pretty big, big issue though. I mean. Uh, we had issues with one of the three PLs we were working with and, uh, instead of, uh, us, they shipped out the wrong product. Right. Um, and they got like their nomadic was shipping them a bag and someone got like some fishbowl 
stuff yeah, like that it wasn't, or something like that. Yeah, it wasn't even our, like, it wasn't the same brand product. It was like people yeah. were getting fish bowls and t-shirts and it's like, we sell yeah. bags. Like, what, yeah. what's going on here? So or they've received, huge... yeah, or they've received stuff where it's like, hey, this was a returned item that our warehouse didn't properly inspect. So they received a damaged product because of someone else's returned or warranty issue they yeah. had. And just in the warehouse operations, making sure that that's cleaned up um, so that doesn't happen because that obviously causes a lot of issues. Okay. Um, terrible supply chain. Experience. Terrible yeah. customer experience there. Um, and then other, you know, other reasons, 22% of people re uh, return products because they received a product that looks different. So they, they expected one thing online, they got it and it looked different. This happens to me all the time on Amazon. I feel like you, you like see some of the, you know, there's just like, it's slightly different, but it, it's close enough that you're like, okay, fine, whatever. But, uh, but also not a great brand experience. So if they're buying off your website, you know, you kind of semi expect little variations like that on Amazon. But if you're buying off somebody's website, you expect it to be the exact product that you get, whether your images are the, the color is off, you know, that that can easily happen. I, I experience that all if I uh, have images or just, you know, photography that's exported out of Photoshop in a certain, you know, format, if I upload that into Shopify, it compresses weird and it removes the basically, you know, I'm just going to call it the filter that was on that image. And all of a sudden it looks like the color's off. It looks really kind of drab. It doesn't look good. The color is wrong. And so if, so, if I uploaded that and left that on the site and I just didn't notice, like totally plausible issue um chances are you know customers gonna be like hey i thought that was green but it looks blue in person like that's not okay so it's, it's making sure you know when you when you ask kind of these questions in the return funnel as somebody's returning the product you're able to identify like where's my marketing incorrect or where are my pictures incorrect or you know where's the process being broken down is it from my factory is it from my warehouse um that you know are we mispicking and and you know it, it just helps you dial in and reduce that return rate based off of accidents you know, it's okay if you have a return rate because people are exchanging sizes or I mean, you can even make your sizing charts better, but there's always something to be learned within gathering data as to why your customers are returning the product. Yeah. And on those, it's making sure now we kind of went over the data of like why returns are, are, are important. Let's kind of go over like, how do you make a great return policy in general? There's quite a few key points that we'll go over on this. Um, the first thing is probably the number one question customers ask about the return policy is like, what's my return window? Is it a 10 day return policy? Do you have a 30 day return window? Um, make sure you have that expectation set up clearly up front. Another thing too is I'd say, don't be afraid to adjust that return period window. It's, it's common definitely during like the holiday season uh, where you might extend that. So maybe you have a typically uh, a 30 day return period during the holidays. Most of those stuffs are going up to gifts to family members, friends, whatever it is maybe make that a 45 to 60 day return policy so that customer can give it to their friend for Christmas. They have time, excuse me, they have time to, to open it, interact with it and say, actually, I want to return this or, or exchange it or whatever they want to do. So make sure you have that clearly identified um, in your return policy, um, uh, uh, whatever your return window is. Each industry might have something a little bit different depending on the industry in, uh, industry you're in. So make sure you have something that fits your brand and your industry. Um, the next thing is the return condition. Um, for example, shoe brands or apparel brands, uh, there's definitely higher returns ratios in those industries. Uh, what is your return policy on the condition of it? If, what happens if a customer um, has some shoes and they went hiking in them? Can they still return it? What happens in that in that situation? Or uh, someone wears a, a shirt and they wash it, do you still accept that return? Um, so each industry is going to have their own little nuances. Make sure you have that identified. Uh, so you know what you you can expect from your customers and you have something to go back to 
if a customer doesn't apply or follow those 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 rules on it. So just make sure you have that clearly identified, so you get good product back um, if it is a return, and and you can properly set that expectation up front with your customers. And I've even seen brands go like take this one step further. Not they're like we don't expect this to be coming back in good in good condition. Like I forget which brand it was, but it's like hey, you got a hundred days to test out this product. We fully expect you to test it out and you know take it through the mud go hiking you know like they were they were saying like take this thing and put it to the test and I, that's an interesting strategy because they're not looking to be able to resell this product after the fact they want to get it so ingrained into this person like have the person really test it out and love the product because they're they're confident in it so i think that's that's on the opposite end right making sure that that it fits within what your brand strategy is with your returns that gets my blood boiling on the operation side of stuff. Like, <laughs> oh my it. gosh. I hate it. But uh, that totally helps money. with conversion rate. Conversion rate, I'm sure when they did that, totally went up because it's like, oh, I can go, you know, I, I think it was like apparel for uh, Ragnar's or, or Tough Mudders or, you know, some sort of mm. like event like that. And they're telling people to try it out, test out our, our shorts and, and run them through the mud. And uh, for that audience, I'm sure it worked well. And then there's a good, amount of people that probably did it and it's like hey, you know i don't totally love it but i'm not going to return it in this condition like why would i do that and then they don't return it so it could it could have impacted return rates to go down but increased conversion rate so there's strategy behind it and that's not going to work for every brand so it's something that each brand needs to decide for themselves but definitely there's there are two sides of the coin always yeah there's i mean how many of us out there are costco returners you know they have like a <laughs> one-year return policy and it was like the worst thing for a brand they have a forever uh, return policy is that what it is? yeah <laughs> no I, I know somebody who their house caught on fire they bought a couch from costco house caught on fire totally burnt to a crisp couch they took it back to costco and costco they were okay with it. They took it back. They refuted the person. so i mean i'm not advocating <laughs> that people do that but i'm just saying like and it works well for costco like if you can buy two products, one on Amazon, one at Costco, same price, I'm going to Costco to buy it because I know, yeah. you know, I've got more than 30 days to return it if like something breaks. You know, I've done that with my, um, I almost said dishwasher, not my dishwasher. <laughs> um, I, I did that with like uh, vacuums and like mm. other, you know, household items for sure, 100%. Yeah. I mean, on the op side, I think that's why I'm glad that Russell's on this podcast because on the op side, that stuff's just like, oh, I hate returns. <laughs> but there definitely is. But yeah. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I think it could be used yeah. as we, we're looking to increase the conversion rate. That's right. a huge motivator for or, or a huge thing that we're, we do as marketers. So let's let's utilize some of these unsexy things, the return policy warranties, you know, all of those policies can be used as marketing. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I think it's good. Good compliment. So make sure that policy, though, fits your uh, your brand and your expectations. So if you are doing something crazy like that or forever return or something, Make sure you understand the ramifications of what comes with that. If it, there's there's pros and cons, so just make sure you kind of weigh um, with yeah, the balance it, on that to make sure it makes sense. If you have a thousand dollar product that like is you're gonna go under if you have a high high return rate, don't like don't do that. But <laughs> it, it, it it has to make sense for the product for the brand and like what you're going for. So, yep, yeah. And then the the next thing I would say on having a clear return policy is make sure your customer knows up front if there is going to be a cost to return the product. So if there is something that's going to, if it's like, hey, we charge $10 to ship it back to us or whatever it is, make sure whatever that return shipping handling fee is up front um, so the customer doesn't get caught off guard. Um, another statistic on that, 79% of customers want free return shipping. So, so if Emerson hates this, marketers I hate love it. this. <laughs> yeah, you rascals. Golly, giving away stuff for free. <laughs> um, but uh, Give the yeah, people so what they sure, want. Give the yes. people what they want. 
but at the same time, make sure free never means free. The customer, someone's paying for it at one point uh, in the transaction, right? So if you are offering free returns, maybe make sure you have that buffered into your pricing um, upfront because you know, hey, we'll offer free shipping, but that might mean you have to increase the product cost one or two percent or something like that on the front end. Um, so you're protected uh, for for covering that cost, so that doesn't doesn't kill your bottom line. So make sure again you're looking at the whole entire supply chain. You're looking at the whole picture of your cost um, that are being associated with your returns. Um, some products are easier to return, you know, some stuff that's smaller, like, uh, these, these glasses, these are going to go USBS first class mail. Probably, um, you can ship them back for a couple of bucks. That's not going to be too hard to return. If someone bought a treadmill, that might be a whole different process of how you want to deal with it. Um, something that would be interesting is actually talking like purple mattress or something like that. Um, but their return policies, they, that's a big product mattresses, um, and I know they have like a long return policy. I mean, yeah, be... I think it's like a hundred nights or something like that. And yeah. Works uh, well for them. I mean, all of yeah. the competitors have, have mirrored that. I don't know if they're the ones that came up with it, but yeah, you know, I mean, I'm thinking logistics on that. That would be a beast, but uh, <laughs> it works for them. So make sure you just have that, the processes and yeah. policies in place to, to, to carry out your policy for your customers. Yeah. And I mean, in me saying that it should be return uh, free returns, like, I don't, I'm not trying to be like totally, you know, everybody marketing free guru freebie, but, but Emerson brings a really good point that like, know what your costs are be okay with, you know, Hey, our return rates, 10% costs us, you know, $12 to do a return. I don't know what you know, just throw numbers out there. So it's this X, you know, X number, this is our cost on, um, on returns. And so we're going to bake that into our, you know, we're paying it somewhere. So we're going to have the customer cover it. We're going to cover it. And where are we going to cover it? Like, it, it's just, it, it's looking at those things and not glazing over it. Cause we see so many brands that, you know, they just jump into their, you know, they start their site or whatever. And they start like, yeah, sure. Let's do a return policy. Yeah. 30 days, whatever. No questions asked. They, they're doing whatever they think everybody else is supposed to do, but maybe they just do it. They don't think about it enough and they don't know their process. They don't know their, uh, their costs, they're well enough to be able to make really solid decisions as far as like, should we do free returns or should we mm -hmm. not? Um, another thing is that like, if you do charge for returns, it can also be a barrier for return. Like somebody could buy your product. And then once they've got your product, you know, if they come back and say, Oh crap, I'm going to have to pay five bucks or 10 bucks to return this product. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't dislike it that much. I'll just keep it. Right. And so they can be used in that sense as well. So, I mean, it really just depends on what works well for your brand and what you're going for, what kind of experience you're giving your customers. Exactly. We'll, we'll link in the show notes as well. We found this pretty cool uh, return policy builder. It's actually from this website that helps you with your, uh, your legal docs for your website. Uh, but they kind of go over how to write a cool or a good return policy. <laughs> Super cool. It's so policy. cool. I mean, again, <laughs> I love forms. It's a cool form. Um, so it kind of helps you kind of get to an industry standard and, um we're not affiliated to them it just seemed like a cool uh, a good a good link uh to take a look at and, and hopefully guide you into finding a to creating a good return policy for you guys and here's a quick side note emerson's favorite color is light tan so that just kind of nice. says everything about him <laughs> he, hey, loves spreadsheets, uh, he loves forms <laughs> keep it simple man <laughs> keep it simple he he knows exactly how much uh, USPS first class mail costs. I mean, oh he, yeah, we ship him out for you. You guys yeah. understand who he is, who he is to a T. I want more solid shirts. Keep it plain and simple. I find one thing I like. I buy in all the colors that are neutral, and we're good. Classic. Classic. And he's wearing a light tan shirt. I guess it's great. But anyway, moving on. We're let's talk a little bit about um, how to choose a returns platform. So what we talked about. Actually, I think like, we're doing a good job talking about fashion. Maybe we become a fashion podcast. I think we got okay. this. Quick pivot. Quick pivot. Let's do this. 
<laughs> light tan, every, khaki, everything. This is um, looking good. Jake from State Farm. <laughs> wow. Um, so how to choose a returns platform. So up until this point, we've talked a lot about like, why is it important? Like, how should you structure your return policy? But then now there's, there's the nitty gritty of like, what, what is there a return platform that does everything that you need? Or like, how do you select a returns platform? And then taking it to the next level, like, do you need a returns platform? So uh, things to ask yourself. So first is, does it integrate um, with your shopping cart or your store? Are you on Shopify, your WooCommerce, BigCommerce, Wix? Like, what what's what's your platform for your store and does that solution integrate i mean this is a given so i'm just gonna blow past that does it have the integrations you need so do you like have to have it integrate with your customer experience software like uh, gorgeous or help scout or you know one of the you know, zendesk um, does it have to or could you operate outside of their platform or out of out of their dashboard um does it need to link in with your email service providers this isn't a super common one but like if that's a need for you make sure you you note that down and you find somebody who can do that um does it have the functionality that you need do you like does it allow for variable return windows like you know that you're able to change easily does it do exchanges like this is a big one we haven't even really talked about exchanges but exchanges can be a great way for keeping money in your brand or with your um you know with your company and getting the uh, different product for the customer. This is huge with um, um, huge with apparel, shoes, you know, it's, it's very common sizing and everything, but like, do they offer exchanges? Do they offer store credit. Is that something that you want to offer to your customers? Um, does it do automated shipping label creation? Do you want to take that whole process out of your customer, customer service reps having to handle that? Um, does it do product upsells? Do, does it gather data? Does it ask, like we talked about this just a minute ago, does it ask the customer questions um, to try to gather that data of like, why are they returning? Like, is it because it was damaged? Is it because you just didn't like it? Was it the wrong color? Is it the wrong size? Um, get that data in there. Like, is that something that's important to you? And if so, find a program uh, that does that. Does it offer analytics? You know, there's so much to be learned in your, uh, in your returns um, suite or within your returns situation that, that analytics are huge. And uh, is that important to you? Yes, then find a, a platform that does that. And then there are just there are plenty of other customizations. So think about your process and and decide. Okay, um, this platform does it. This platform does not. Um, and then does it does it fit your brand? Um, are you able to kind of create a a a look and feel that fit your brand and kind of give your customers a um, not, I, I want to say a unique customer experience, but that's not that's not the word. It's it's a unified. It's a, a consistent. Sorry. Branded. Cons yeah. Yeah, that's it's it. branded. It's consistent with your branding. And then, or if that's even important to you, maybe it's not. Maybe you just want to do a Google Sheet and call it good, right? So, um, well, not even for your brand as, as far as like imaging, but also like the feel of your brand. Um, mm -hmm. This is a, whole, a bit different of, a, of a, an, an example, I guess, but like Pit Vipers, for example, the sunglass company, um, not their return window, but their, their warranty process is if you're, if you have a defect with your glasses, send us a video of you breaking your glasses like and they put on social media and stuff like that it's a weird policy but it's like that's their brand so if if uh for your returns process is it it's not necessarily like having a branded page that says like your brand on top of it but it's like does this level of service match the level of service throughout the rest of my my, my shopping experience um if you're a high-end brand is this going to fit the brand vibe of hey this is super seamless and integrated that's great or if you're kind of a more um an affordable solution um maybe it's a bit more manual on your end or maybe it's hey we are a very um email centric company where we like to communicate with our customers um and so maybe an email platform is better for you guys so i think on that branding side it's like how do 
fit the brand of your connection to your customers. Totally, 100%. And I mean, this is a given, but does it fit your budget? Because <laughs> there are some oh, that we've talked to that it's like $5 a return. Like it can get upwards of $10 a return. Like it's expensive. Sometimes others, it's a lot cheaper and you get what you pay for in a lot of cases. So does it fit the budget? And, um, and I guess I just want to be devil's advocate here. And do you even need a returns platform? I kind of mentioned this before. Do you need it? Could you, can you handle it during, uh, or just through email or maybe a Google form? Like, yeah, that's maybe a little bit janky, but upfront as a business, are you doing five orders a month? In that case, do not try to integrate a returns platform. If you're doing a hundred orders a month, probably not. But once you start getting into those higher volumes, that email is not scalable, right? You do need a platform at some point. So, um, Definitely when it makes sense, do your homework and, and find the platform that works for you. Yeah, and there's plenty of platforms out there to look into. So I mean, you can just check out on the Shopify app or just Google um, e-commerce return platforms. And, and we're, we're uh, Shopify we, guys. And so we're, we're going to be pushing, oh, yeah. you know, like we're very familiar with Shopify, <laughs> Shopify return platforms. Yeah. But, um, but I mean, whatever platform you're on. Sorry, I cut you out. I cut, cut, jumped in there. Sorry. Cut, cut, cut. No, you're good. I stuck in there. Very good. Um, but yeah, which it's kind of a, it's a blessing and a curse in this day and age where there's so many options for something and you can get like analysis paralysis, like, oh, which one do I use? What's industry standard and things like that. Um, but the thing is, there's a lot of platforms. Some do very similar things. Some have different tier levels. Um, again, we kind of talked about get the platform that meets your brand, what your needs are. So a couple of them that come to mind are uh, Return Magic. Uh, Return Magic is a very uh, simplistic service. It's probably uh, one of the cheaper options to help process uh, returns on your website. Uh, I'm not sure how many, I know they're Shopify. I'm sure they have integrations to other platforms. I think they're as well. owned by, sure. they were purchased by Shopify. So they I got purchased by Shopify. Have, so that could be. Um, but uh, they're, they're more of your bare bones kind of return solution there. Um, so if that's something that's like, hey, you know, we're dealing with a, a, a cheaper product more affordable product, $10, $20, maybe that's the right move for you guys is to use something like Return Magic, uh, where it's going to be your cheapest option, uh, bare bones solution, but it's still going to provide a good a good solution to your customers. Uh, the next ones that come to mind are Loop Returns and Returnly. This is uh, definitely a high-end, um, seamless integration to your storefront that's going to help customers uh, go through the returns process and most of the time can be uh, not a burden on your customer service team. Um, the next one is a new player, Claim Easy. These guys are legit. Let me just tell you, they're new, they're up and coming. Uh, they are in the new brand of return space uh, with tons of features. Uh, disclaimer, me and Russell have interest in Claim Easy. So just going to put that out there. But want to make sure we're giving everyone uh, insight into all these return platforms so you guys can get the right one that fits your guys' needs. Um, the next one that comes to mind is Happy Returns or Doddle. Uh, these two softwares are pretty cool because they help in the returns platform um, for allowing in-store returns. Um, so if you are a mixed brick and mortar and a, a online retailer, uh, you can blend those two together, which is a pretty cool software. Uh, so those are kind of the top uh, industry standard or, or common known or up and coming uh, returns platforms. I invite you guys to check out and, and see which one fits your brand the best. Yeah. And I guess just to kind of bring it all together now, now that we've kind of hit so much stuff and it's kind of been fire hose on the return side for everybody. Um, I, we just want to hit, we just want to like reiterate returns are important. Like this is something that you shouldn't just throw on the back burner. I know it's one of those things that it may not be a revenue driver unless you do exchanges and upsells, then it could be a revenue driver. But, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's one of those things that that's easily for, 
uh, you, you can easily forget about. Um, so don't don't let that happen. Do, focus on it because you can use it in marketing. I've used it in marketing and it works. <laughs> I've used it as a consumer. So I know that like from personal experience on both sides of the coin, return policies are important. And if you haven't created a return policy, do it now. Like go in and uh, you know make it or if you already have one revise it make sure that it's in line with your your brand find the the, the platform that really works for you and uh, and that it works with your tech stack and really if you if you kind of put this can be one of those things that you can set it and forget it for a while that obviously you don't want to just totally forget it but um it is one of those things that can work for you know a year or two and and then it's scalable really, yeah yeah it's really scalable especially if you get one of these higher end uh, returns platforms that just kind of automate everything for you like you kind of take that off your customer service um you know team's plate boom you know that, that's a that's a big money saver for you yeah look at that that affects your bottom line again i would talk about the cost at the beginning of yeah just your shipping costs and returns uh you know receiving into the warehouse another thing is yeah uh labor or customer service, how much, how many tickets a month are you getting about a return process? Can you automate that? Would a software save you time and money um, and headache if if it's either on the software or just writing a, a more, a clearer policy on your returns? Uh, is that gonna save you headaches, especially right now um, with holiday season um, coming to an end, return season's coming to spike up right now. Uh, make sure that you have a good, clear return policy written out uh, to, to limit your tickets you're getting on customer service. Yeah, 100%. So anyway, that kind of wraps up everything that we had and wanted to talk to you guys uh, about today on the return side. If you guys have questions, please email us at, um, I guess we, we don't even have an email yet. Uh, just email us. <laughs> just, just, you'll find it. <laughs> we'll put it in this, the, the show notes. Um, and uh, Just leave a comment below. Yeah, or leave a comment. You know, we're, we, we love to engage with our audience. So um, hopefully that was, that was helpful for you guys and uh, we'll see you next time.